The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners. Now sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten. Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now. Well, hi, gang, and welcome to another episode of Untold History Revealed. I am your host, Sean Donnelly. And I'm your co-host, Marianne Donnelly. Well, let me tell you a little bit about who we are and what we're doing why we're doing this. Uh, we are the owners of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours and PanicD.com, and we've done a lot of research into the paranormal and the history and things like that. Traveled to a few places and... Uh, well, several places, actually, in this country, and uh, we've collected a lot of information over the years, so Marianne and I thought that uh, just for fun as a hobby, every Wednesday night, we'll, we'll come to you with this podcast and uh, kind of go over some, I don't know, interesting things, little tidbits about history, uh, maybe put something out there for future generations or current generations who haven't heard of some of this stuff before. That's basically why we're doing this. We come to you every Wednesday night about between 9, 10, 11, I don't know, 12 o'clock, whenever we get this Usually done. Usually Normally to 9. Normally 9, unless uh, we're running over with other things in life. So it's uh, it's just a hobby. So far, we're still having fun with it. Are you still having fun? Sure. Oh, that sounded <laughs> convincing. <laughs> All right, well, you might be happy uh, with this topic tonight because it's another kind of, like, murderish, forensic-type topic. Ah, murder. Murder's always a fun one. Yeah, well, this murder is going to kind of delve into a mind, uh, the mind of somebody, a rather disturbed individual. Uh, I personally think, you know, murders in general are a little bit more disturbed you know, I mean, unless you're you're doing this to save your own life, I think uh, most murderers, they're not, you know, they have some issues. You, you think? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. I agree with you. Okay. I concur. All right. Yeah, for a second there, I didn't think you agreed. <laughs> that was kind of worrisome to me. All right. Well, this one, uh, this fellow has been in the news recently and... I kind of saw it pop up on the internet, and I thought, hmm, it might be kind of interesting to do a podcast about it. Uh, and then then I kind of had second thoughts, and then I thought, well, I really don't have time to research something else, so let's just go with it. Um, and I'll tell you why I had second thoughts. But tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Mark David Chapman. You know who he was? Unfortunately, I do. You do. Yes, this was the uh, individual who murdered John Lennon. Yes. In basically cold blood. Just shot him right out in front of his apartment. Yeah, and it's just, when you hear him, like, recount, like, this whole day, I mean, that, it is. It is a little creepy, isn't it? It's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, you could could go on YouTube and... uh, 
look up some of the a lot of interviews. Yeah, some of the interviews that this guy has done, and it's like, you know, it's it's just creepy how calm he is when yeah, he was talking about. It's just like, oh it. yeah, and then I did this, and then I did that, and like, <sighs> at first, the first time I I had heard the interview, I thought that the person talking was because I didn't. Hit, listen to the interview from the beginning uh, I thought it was a person who was just a fan it was just a fan and I didn't realize that oh this is the guy who actually killed him and he was talking about getting his autograph and everything and I'm like yeah. uh, uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to go through this a little bit we'll talk about the actual day that it happened um, you know who John Lennon was right Oh my gosh, of course. Well, I'm just checking because you're like okay, way younger so, than I am. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna just take a second here and, and take us on a different path. But today I was doing a lab with my kids at school, okay? And I had different kinds of gums that we're, we're chewing. To, we're going to determine how much sugar is in them. In any case, uh, I went to tell them what kinds we had, and one of the kinds... I know I'm not sponsored or anything, but one of the kinds was double mint gum. And, I, and of course, in my head, I got the double your pleasure. So I started singing it, and the kids thought I was crazy. And I told, I'm like, don't you guys well, you know crazy. this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're singing like, on our podcast. <laughs> but I'm like, don't double you Double mint, if you're know? listening, you could uh, look up our address and send <laughs> us a check. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, don't you guys know the double mint twins? And, and they're like, what? So I had to explain it. I don't it. know who the double They had no clue. Are. So they must not the only do those commercials anymore. This, this, this murder of John Lennon, who was very influential in this country. I mean, and, and I'm going to talk about a little bit later about some of the conspiracy theories. But, um, you know, there was comments made on tape, okay, mm-hmm. by, you know, a certain president... That said, you know, this guy has the ability to sway the election. Yes. That's how popular John Lennon was. Okay. Or yeah. not so popular. You know, some people didn't like him. A lot of people loved him. Okay. And it was a very tragic event when this guy just walked up and, well, he didn't walk up and blow him away. I mean, it took a whole day. It did you know. Take a whole day. It was premeditated and way premeditated. Else. Yeah, but um, it happened in 1980. You were only four years old. That's why. Do you know who John Lennon is? Of course, I do. Okay, I'm just checking. Um, I hope that everybody out there, younger generations, like they don't even know who the Double Mint Twins are, but at least they knew who the <laughs> Beatles were. You I know, would hope. You would hope, but if not, Google them. <laughs> A lot of stuff comes up. All right. So, anyways, what, what we're going to be talking about, and and I have no outline for this. We're just going to kind of wing it a little bit, and sometimes they come out better when we do that. So, um, I don't know what order we're going to go in or whatever. But the date that we're talking about is December. Oh, I'm trying to find it here. I think it's eighth December. Nope, nope, nope. I know it's 1980, December 1980. Let's get the actual date. Uh, go ahead, fill in with your double mint while I'm looking for this. <laughs> fill in with double my double mint. Double mint. Yeah, it, it, it never ceases so to amaze me. So now you got me, me singing it again. Yeah, 
It never wow. ceases to amaze me, though, at what the, the the current generation does not know, just simply because they're not of, you know, the time period when things happen. And you think that it is. I mean, these kids that I'm teaching, they didn't even know about So ask 9/11. me the question, will you please? Ask me the question. So, what question hey, am I supposed to ask? What? You're asking. What's the Why date? did I pick this? Oh. Why, why did why I pick did this guy as a topic? Today? All right. This guy's locked up, of course. He's still locked up. He just went up for parole for the ninth time and was denied. That's what was in the, in the I don't want to say papers because I guess we don't read papers, but what internet news recently. Okay. Um, and every time he comes up for parole, uh, there's a big movement to, you know, kind of like keep him in there. Sound familiar? Who's that sound like? It sounds like a lot of oh, people. Sounds like Manson too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This guy killed one person, but a very famous person. And it was December 8th, 1980. Okay. okay so you were right. So, December 8th. Yeah. I, I thought that's what I thought it was. And just in, in researching this and going over some of this stuff, um, you know, it's like there was a list of people that could have been the target. Did you know that? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had more than one person he wanted to well, choose from? His his main motive in his mind for killing John Lennon dates back to the statement that John Lennon made on... I mean, when he was in the Beatles... And I don't know what it was on, but some sort of interview or something like that. John Lennon made the statement that the Beatles is more popular than Jesus. Yes. Okay. So in Chapman's mind, he's a born-again Christian, and that really disturbed him. Yes, I remember that he made that statement. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it just bothered him every time he heard the music every time he saw john lennon and all this other stuff it bothered him and angered him to the point where he's going to kill john lennon i mean okay that bothers me about that statement too being a christian but i don't think i'm gonna want to go kill the guy because uh i'm a christian (laughs) number one but you know so this guy was just disturbed i mean he really was and and I'll talk a little bit more about his background and everything. But I mentioned that there was other people that he had on a further list of people that that he was going to go after. And get this. I'm going to assume it was not the other Beatles because... Oh, no, no, no. Here's what we're talking about. <laughs> you ready? Johnny Carson, Marlon Brando, Walter Cronkite, Elizabeth Taylor, George C. Scott, Jacqueline Kenny Onassis. But... John Lennon seemed to be the easiest to find. Okay. So I don't know what these others <laughs> did to get onto his list of people that he was thinking about going after. Now, John Lennon seemed to be the easiest to find. Okay, so let's let's for those don't know about this time period in John Lennon's life, basically, this was after the Beatles. He was with Yoko Ono. They moved to New York, okay, mm-hmm. and they had their son Sean. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yep. Okay. So John Lennon was kind of like, let's say, semi-retired. He was still recording music during the interviews, that kind of thing, 
but he wanted to just have a normal life. When he was in the Beatles, and even after the Beatles broke up, being so famous, you know, you can't go anywhere without crowds and mobs and things like that. Well, when he moved to New York with Yoko, and after they were there a while, and in the neighborhood in which they lived, he can go out. He can walk through the park. He can, you know, take a stroll. And people just say, hey, John, how you doing? You know, that kind of thing. And then he just lived a normal life. So he, yeah, he liked that. He was in peace, okay? Mm-hmm. He liked, in fact, the night that he was um, murdered, they were at a recording session. And I'll go through the timeline of the day, but they were at a recording session, and Yoko asked them if they, you know, if he wanted to stop at a restaurant for dinner before they went home. And he said, no, I like to get home and see Sean before he falls asleep. So this was like the state of mind that he was in. He wanted to, he didn't get a chance with his first son, Julian, to be there as a father because he was famous and all this other stuff and traveling and touring and stuff. So he wanted to do it with Sean. So he was, like I said, he was kind of like at peace, which could have been his downfall too because of the fact you know right here here's a psycho and he's like well he's easier to get to because you know he doesn't have a entourage around him all the time and these these all these fans and everything like that okay so let's kind of like roll down the day of what happened earlier in the day john had left to basic i think he went to get a haircut and uh, Chapman saw him leave. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was like standing outside of his, his apartment building. It was called the Dakota. So he saw him leave and it kind of like missed his chance to kind of like interact with him. So Chapman went Aww. to lunch. Okay. Well, let's... <laughs> Aw. Okay, so... Chapman went to lunch, and when he came back, supposedly Lennon already came back and was in his apartment. So he missed him coming back, okay? So he went to lunch with the with the, a lady that was there. I forget her name. She was a fan. And he asked this lady to go out for a, a date, and she turned him down, and she ended up leaving, Okay. Because he did make a statement later in the interview that if she would have went out, he probably wouldn't have been there that night because he would have been out with this girl. And then they asked him, well, you know, would you have tried the next day? And and his response was, oh, yeah, you know, it just wouldn't happen on the 8th, probably happened on the 9th, you know, that kind of thing. But there was a photographer. Oh, man, and I forget these names. Anyways, the photographer was a friend of John Lennon's. And uh, he had a book that he wanted John to sign. And he left it uh, inside. So John and Yoko were leaving again to go and do a um, okay. I, I, I get that confused. Alright, so anyways... RKO, RKO Radio 
came to their apartment to do an interview. So this was after Lennon came back. Chapman came back from lunch, was standing outside the apartment, okay? Lennon was inside. RKO Radio was inside during the interview, and that lasted, I think, a few hours. Well, during that time, um, Chapman ran into this photographer that was out there who was friends with John Lennon, and John told him he was going to sign this book for him today. You know, he was just a little bit busy, but he would sign it, leave it in the... Um, like the foyer of the thing so he could pick it up well the photographer and Chapman kind of like greeted each other and they were talking and um, Chapman told him well I'm you know I live in Hawaii and basically I came up here to have John sign my album and and the photographer, you know, made the comment, Well, you're a heck of a fan to come all the way from Hawaii to do that and he you know, they're having a conversation and the photographer basically asked him, Well, where are you staying at when you're in North in New York? And Chapman's like attitude like changed like on a dime. He's like, Well, what is any of your business where I'm staying, that kind of thing. So he he mentioned that he would just like you know, snapped like he was a different personality, which was kind of important because that that kind of like lent to some of the testimonies where he was, could have been manic depressant or something like that. So, anyways, the photographer said, "Look, dude, just get away from me. Go stand over there. You know, I didn't want to talk to you anymore." And um, there was other fans out there and talking and everything, and they start seeing the guys coming out of the apartment carrying you know large cases so the photographer and chapman knew that 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 interview was over and they knew that lennon was leaving to go do a recording session okay so this was going to be their opportunity to kind of run into him again the photographer wanting to get the book chapman you know of course wanting to kill <laughs> you know so anyways Yoko and John come downstairs and they ask the doorman where's their car. The car was supposed to be there and they, they were running late. Well, they had to get down to the recording session. So they basically asked the guys from RKO Radio who were actually packing up and heading to the airport to leave uh, right after the interview. They said, hey, can we just catch a ride with you? You drop us off down at the, you know, it's on your way. And... They're, they're like, you know, okay, cool. So Yoko goes and gets in the car, and Chapman comes up. Okay. You know, as John is talking to that photographer, you know, he turned around and said, I'll sign that book today, that kind of thing. It'll be in the thing for you. Chapman comes up, and John turns and looks at him, and he says, yes, what can I do for you? Chapman doesn't say a word. To, you know, like in his mind, is like, okay, I need to pull this gun out and shoot this guy, right? And he's holding an album, and it, Lennon asks him, do you want me to sign your album for you? And, and Chapman just nods and hands him the album. So he gives him a pen. He goes, sure, I'll sign it for you. So he signs it, John Lennon, 1980. But at that time, that photographer snapped a picture while John was signing the album 
and Chapman is standing right next to him watching him sign the album. Okay? Lennon leaves, goes gets in the car. That photographer looks over. Lennon waves at him, and he, he said it later in an interview. He just knew that was the last time he was going to see him again. Alive, basically. Um, so Chapman goes to the photographer and, you know, kind of says, hey, you want to stay around with me, um, you know, for when they come back? And the photographer's, no, nah, I think, I think I'm going to, you know, head home, head out, that type of thing. Um, I just want to go check and see if he, you know, was joking around because sometimes he's been joking. I've been trying to get him to sign this book for a while. You know, I'm just going to see if he just went ahead and did it and left it in there and, you know, like playing a prank on me, that kind of thing. And he goes in and he comes out and here he did sign the book and left it, but he told him he would do it later. He already did it ahead of time. And he signed it, Love, John Lennon, 1980. Well, the photographer said there is nothing else that's been signed ever by John Lennon that says, Love, John Lennon, 1980. Or, or he always put the year, but Love, John Lennon. There's nothing else. That's the only thing. Okay. So that was kind of, like, moving when you, like, watch that video. But Chapman said that if that photographer would have stayed with him that night, then... You know, in his head, he was just, like, conflicting, like, he would he would feel better if he shot Lennon, but yet he didn't want to do it. You know, so, like, trying to get the date with that woman would get him out of it, and if, if the, uh, the photographer would have stayed with him, there would have been more people around. He wouldn't have done it, you know, that kind of thing, but the photographer left. Okay, now another thing to mention about Chapman, which is, he was really obsessed with the catcher in the rye. Yeah. Really upset, obsessed with it. He t- had a, a copy of the book with him, and while he was waiting for them to come back, he was, like, reading the book. But he signed the book saying, this is my testimony. Okay? So, anyways, they come back from the recording session. They, meaning John Lennon and Yoko Ono, they come back in a limousine, which was their car that they missed, you know, that kind of thing. Yoko gets out. Walks past Chapman, doesn't even look up at him. She's heading towards the door. Lennon gets out, starts walking to the door, looks over, and he notices, this is according to Chapman's interview, you know, he nodded at him like he went, oh, wait, that's the guy I signed the album for. What's he want now? Kind of, you know, and he just kept walking. And when he walked past Chapman, Chapman took a couple steps towards the street, turned around, pulled out a gun, shot at him now some articles say five times i saw the the interview with the um, doctor that was at the emergency room that said four times three times in the back and one in the arm yes with a 38 caliber i've heard i've seen the um back and the the back and the arm so if there were five shots according to chapman one missed one missed. And it's kind of weird that he said five shots because most guns have... Six. Six bullets, but... Um, yeah. So he just turned around and shot him. And then, basically, 
Chapman didn't run, didn't flee, didn't do whatever. He just went and sat down and was acting like he he said, I thought I was reading the book, but I just kind of sat there and waited for the police to come. That was pretty much it. You know, the police came. You know, the police officer that was in the in the video said, well, we, you know, we, I slammed the guy or some or the doorman, Jose, I think it was his name or something like that. He said, yeah, this guy was, you know, they got to report somebody firing shots. And he said, this guy, just this is the guy who was doing the shooting. And Chapman's standing there with his hands up, you know. So he goes over and grabs him, slams him up against the wall. And uh, the doorman says, yeah, he just shot John Lennon. And the cop says, you did what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was a shock already. So, so they knew there was a shooting, but they didn't know it was John Lennon. No, they just got a call that there, were, there was a active shooter or whatever they called it back in the eighties. Um, all right, so they keep going because, like I said, I don't have a, a a format here, and we're about due for a break. But um, the police officers that were on scene picked up John Lennon, got in a car, two police cars, with Yoko and rushed them to the hospital. They didn't even call in an ambulance, nothing. And there was a news reporter, ABC News reporter, who I think he wrecked a motorcycle an hour earlier before the shooting, and he was taken to the same hospital. The ambulance driver told him, hey, it's your lucky night because it's a slow night, and they're going to take care of you. You'll probably be out of here rather quickly. (laughs) So he's sitting in there on a gurney, and then all of a sudden, uh, no, the nurse told him, okay, well, we're going to take you up and uh, get some x-rays. And then all of a sudden the door flew open, and here's these police officers come rushing in, carrying a body over their shoulder. And then next thing he knows is everybody in the emergency room goes and starts working on this person that they laid down. He didn't know who it was, okay? But he could see across the the hall that it was somebody who was shot, and it was pretty bad. And they kept working on this guy and working on him and working on him and working on him. And he could tell, like, the, the doctor, like, cut him open and it's massaging the heart and they're giving him blood and all this other stuff like this. They're really working on him hard. And all of a sudden, you know, they just called it. And he said uh, they were doing something that was kind of weird. Like they were on the phone and everything. And then all of a sudden, all these security people came in and they pushed me into another room. (laughs) So basically, they locked down the the emergency room. Um, And since he was like a news producer, he he asked the uh, nurse, he goes, "Who, who was that that was in there? She goes, sorry, I, I can't tell you what happened. I mean, there'll be a press conference here shortly. You know, that's what they're organizing right now. And he knew it was John Lennon because he saw Yoko. Gotcha. You know, he said, you know, briefly he saw a, a oriental woman, Asian woman, wearing a long fur coat. <laughs> so he said... Uh, and and the guy kind of looked like John Lennon, but it's hard to tell, you know, with the blood and all. Yeah, it's like that has to be John Lennon, and and he's like, "What happened? Is he alive? Is he dead?" And she's like, "Like I said, I can't tell you what's that." He goes, "Well, let me just ask you this: You guys were working pretty hard on him for about fifteen twenty minutes, then all of a sudden you guys just stopped." 
if he was still alive, wouldn't you still be in there working on him? And she goes, that's a pretty pretty good uh, observation that you made there. He goes, I got to get to a phone now. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, breaking news. And this was like shocker. It went around the world when it came out. People didn't believe it and, you know, so... Well, it's about time for a break already. Do you believe that? I know. You just, just you're, keep on you're like the, the guy. I know. Are you going to help me with this on the second <laughs> half? I don't know. You're doing pretty good on your own. All right. Well, let's take a quick little break, and we'll be back here shortly. So All stay right. tuned. calendars close your doors and turn off all the lights as twice a month bte radio brings you a new episode of the haunted spotlight sean and marianne donnelly of dark shadow ghost tours dig deep into the archives of the panic d database and take you inside a different location with each new episode learn the rich history and hear the paranormal claims of some of the most infamous and unsuspecting locations from around the country Ever wonder what roams the property or lurks behind those closed doors? Curious about the true history of that creepy house that sits down the street? Want to know what evidence a paranormal investigation group may have captured? Then find out every other Sunday and tune in to BTE Radio for another chilling episode of The Haunted Spotlight, if you dare. Okay, and we are back, and we are talking about, I don't want to say we're talking about Mark David Chapman, because when I said in the beginning of this, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to do it. And the reason why is, I don't want to give this guy credit. I don't want to build him up as a celebrity. You know, I I'm, I think we're going to call this the death of Lennon, or the man who killed Lennon. I don't even want to mention the guy's name anymore. Um, so I'm not going to go back into the, you know, normally when we talk about some of these guys, we go back and when they were born, where they were born and that kind of stuff. And I don't want to do that because there's, there's mixed feelings out there about this guy. It's like, did he do it because he was really mentally unstable which I think he was because it's just some of these things I'm going to talk about here in a second don't make sense or did he do it and and a lot of celebrities believe this they do it he did it because he wanted to become popular which the two could go together I mean a lot of correct me if I'm wrong but don't a lot of serial killers basically do it so they could get the fame some of them do it to get the fame, and some of them do it just to see if they can get away with it, you know. Yeah, but, you know, I guess if you want to be famous, that's a good target to take out. I mean, people would remember your name, so to speak, but, um, you know, and we talked about that some of the other people. Can you imagine if it was Johnny Carson, too? It would be just as, well, any of those other celebrities. But what I want to talk about 
more. It's just some of the weird things that went down. Because I think this guy was just mentally... And he still is. I mean, he's still alive. Like I said, he was up for parole and they denied him. They just need to keep him in the hole. When he was arrested, um, took him in. He went and got defense. Um, going through the whole thing of the you know trial and all that other stuff. He went through, I think it was like 200 hours of tests and stuff like that with I don't know how many different psychiatrists. I think it was eight, eight or nine psychiatrists. All of them, you know, come to a conclusion that he was either psychotic or manic depression. You know, it was just he basically had things. So the defense was that you know insanity is what they were going to do and get this he basically goes and says uh no i'm just going to plead guilty never mind yeah <laughs> you know so there's just something not right there you know in the head and he was sentenced to 20 years to life and obviously he's he can go up for parole because you know it was just denied but i don't know those kind of people should just be gone but all right so he started planning this 3 months prior to the actual murder okay he went to new york and i think it was in october and he was actually going to try it then, and he had some failed attempts. Um, I guess he didn't get close enough or something like that. And he decided that he was going to go down to Atlanta to a friend down there and get the ammunition for the gun in Atlanta. Okay. So he does that. Then he flies back to where he lives in Hawaii. And he and this this bothers me too. He shows his wife the gun, the ammunition, and tells her of his goal to kill John Lennon. And she doesn't report it to anybody. Okay? So she knew he was unstable. Had to have. But don't you think that when he left again in December to go to New York, you might want to tell somebody, you know, there's something wrong here. This guy's not right. He's going to New York. He's got a gun. He's got the ammo. He says he's going to kill Lennon. I don't know. And and she was never charged. Yeah, she should have been a, you know, she should have been charged knowing what she knew and not doing anything about it. But at the same time, she was probably trying to protect him, too. You know? I, I don't know. That just I seems weird to me. If I told you... Okay, look, honey. <laughs> here's the gun. Here's the bullets. I'm going to fly... I don't know how many miles is it from Hawaii to New York. A lot. To take out a you know very... High-profile celebrity. And I left. <laughs> what would you do? Well, I would I would obviously 
not let you go in the first place. But <laughs> I had uh, the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be switching them out with blanks yeah. or something, you know. But, you know, I wouldn't let you go and do it in the first place. I'd be like, sweetheart, let's talk about this, you know. But I, I just don't I'm understand sure that. that she, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I, understand I don't comprehend that. You know? And this lady didn't someone. get charged or anything. I mean, I she know. should have told someone. Yeah, it's just. Most I know we're laughing, but it's not a laughing matter. But it's just what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, he's back in New York. He co- he he goes. Actually, he flew to New York in, uh, on December 6th. Okay? Okay. Now, at one point, he actually considered committing suicide. And this isn't the first time in his life that he, he you know... Actually, he tried to commit suicide when he was younger and failed. He tried the asphyxiation... Where he ran something yeah, from the tailpipe of the car and everything. That's such a long, drawn out. Yeah. yeah, but it failed because whatever he used as a pipe on a car like melted and like it didn't work or something like that. It was a failed attempt. But he tried several times to commit suicide and and the people who knew him and where he worked and stuff like that. He was great with kids and he worked as a security guard and he worked. Uh, he did several mission trips and church and stuff like that he used to work at a place where um uh, i'm not even gonna go there but uh and then something would happen you know like he would get in an argument with somebody and he'd get fired or he'd go and work somewhere else and he was doing great and getting along and then he would get mad at somebody and quit so he basically he kept running in the brick walls and I wasn't going to talk about him in his past, but you know, just as I was describing the day that it happened, he, he like, he, I don't know. It was like he was fighting something in his brain or something. Like he knew it was wrong, but he had to do but it. But he still wanted to do it. Yeah. So anyways, on December 6th, he contemplated committing suicide. How? You yes, ask? How? By jumping off the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Now, this now was, first of all, that would definitely do it. It would do it, you know. But, but. back, I, I don't know when they put all the, like, gratings and screens and everything up, you know. I, is, this is 1980. I'm sure that they had to have some sort of deterrent by that point. Yeah. So, you want to know why he didn't do it? Commit suicide on December 6th. Because on the TV, something flashed that said, Thou shalt not kill. And by taking your own life, that is a sin. Oh, but killing, you know, a celebrity like isn't. Telling you this guy, something's not firing right upstairs. Okay. Okay. <sighs> on December 7th, this is the day before the shooting. Okay. Right. right. Guess who he runs into on the streets of New York? I couldn't tell you. No other than singer-songwriter James Taylor. Okay. Good thing James wasn't on the list. Yeah, because he would have been gone too. Right. Now, according to Taylor, Chapman was, you know, sort of pinned him to the wall or something. And he was just like in this manacle 
just like sweat like he was just psycho you know and he uh he was saying that uh he had to meet john lennon and he was going to go talk to john lennon and all this other stuff and then basically he like ran away you know (laughs) that makes sense i mean completely right really so. <laughs> All right, so this this is you know James Taylor reporting that like he he ran into this guy. Yeah, and did did he report this to the police? Well, it probably came out like, later. Hey, um, by the way, well, I was accosted okay, tonight. Okay, so you remember the picture? I forgot that part. You remember the picture I told you that that photographer took of Chapman while he's watching his thing? Yeah. Okay. After they arrested Chapman, okay, the newspaper, oh, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting names. I think it was the New York Times, okay. The newspaper had somebody down at the police station. They knew this guy was arrested, you know, shot, whatever. And they started to get reports that the guy was from Hawaii. Okay. The photographer heard that on the TV. So he calls the newspaper and say, hey, look, I think I have a photo of this guy. All right. But the whole time when he was arrested and they were moving him around and stuff like that from room to room and all that stuff, they they kept him covered. So you, the, nobody could see what this guy looked like. Well, the newspaper said, well, we can't print this. If that's the guy, you're it's on the front page of the newspaper. We can't print it till we can confirm that that's who that is in that picture. And um, so they had a, a, a reporter or, or somebody down at the police station saying, when you see this guy, like, describe him. Is he wearing glasses? Is he, you know, whatever. We have his picture here. He's like, dude, you know, I, I can't tell you. They keep him. He's covered. There's no way I could tell. And they're holding the deadline of the paper, holding it and holding it and holding it. And finally he calls. He goes, wait a minute. I see on the chair where his coat is a scarf. In that photograph, Chapman is wearing a scarf. The editor of the paper says, that's it. Print it. That's what they went by. Wow. Was a scarf. And it turns out that was Chapman. And it's December. Lots of people are wearing scarves in I December. Know, you know, right? what if it was the wrong guy? But see, the photographer knew from talking with Chapman. He said he was from Hawaii and everything. And when they released it, they leaked it out that you know the shooter was from Hawaii. And you know, because I I saw the press, not the press release. You know how they break in the news, breaking news. Da, 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 da. They said the shooter was some um, random guy from New York when they first announced it. Okay. But then later they they mentioned that Hawaii thing, and the photographer was like, "Holy crap! I got, I think I got a picture of this guy," you know. So, anyways, now here's another little interesting tidbit. His actual plans to commit this crime were really messed up. I I don't think he knew what he was going to do, how he was going to do it. He just had in his head, "I got to take out John Lennon." He actually, David Bowie, was appearing in a Broadway play called The Elephant Man at this time, okay? Somehow Chapman found out that John Lennon and um, Yoko 
had first row seats. Chapman made a point to get a first row seat. Okay? The night of the murder, David Bodie, somebody told him before he went on stage about John Lennon and don't freak out because there'll be empty seats up front. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Then he found out from somebody else that that third seat just happens to be the guy that they arrested that sh- that shot him. So David Bowie went on stage and he almost didn't make it through the performance because he knew those three empty seats sitting up front John Lennon, Yoko Ono, and the man who shot John Lennon. Could you hmm. imagine trying to do that performance? Yeah. Knowing that and be like, oh. That's it's pretty pretty intense. So did you ever read the book Catcher in the Rye? No. I, I haven't either. You haven't either? I was trying to, like, when, when I was putting this together, I was trying to piece some of this together, and it's about some kid that... I don't know. And I'm sorry, folks, for those who've read it. I just haven't read it. But the book has been controversial in high schools. I mean, yes. the same amount of high schools ban it as the same amount of high that schools that it. actually require it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, there's it, it was actually written for adults, you know. Right. But, you know, it's about a... a, a teenager a teenager who i think gets kicked out of boarding school or something like that and contemplates suicide but and it's something about sexual... he, has to ch- he has to save the children or something and yeah it's just yeah something I don't strange i haven't read it. it because it wasn't required when i was in school, it wasn't so required for mine either but um he was really obsessed with the catcher in the rye um, Chapman was. And there, there's some other people who were really obsessed with that too. I'm glad you bring that up because that's what I'm looking for. Um, I believe it was the guy who shot Reagan. That's exactly right. You remember when I said I wasn't going to go there and say where he used to work? Yeah. Just so happens. Now, what was the guy's name that shot Reagan? It's in here. Hinckley, isn't it? Hinckley, yes. Hinckley. John Hinckley. John Hinckley Jr. Okay. <laughs> Chapman used to work at the same place as John Hinckley Sr. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Quite. So maybe but, the Catcher in the Rye was required reading piece at their school. I don't know. Maybe. Could have been. I'm trying to see. World Vision. That's where it was. Um, John Hinckley Sr. was the president of World Vision. And Chapman used to work there. All those connections all the time, you know? I know. But I don't know what it is. Because uh, th- I've heard there's several, you know, I, and these are the two most popular, obviously, um, that that they said, yeah, they were influenced by Catcher in the Rye. But, you know, there, there are others who have also used that book. And it's... I don't know. Should we go read it or will we have some issues? Maybe we... I don't know. I don't know. So this really wasn't a forensic type thing because basically the guy said, yeah, I did it. Right. You know, and I don't know. It's just kind of sad that we lost 
John Lennon because who knows, like, since he was in this relaxed, peaceful state, what we would have, what the world would have got as far as, you know, music, art, literature, or something. I mean, the mind of John Lennon was, was amazing. And the fallout from it, I mean, it just made the world cry. Yeah. Well, I remember when it happened. I meant... I don't. You probably don't because you were probably still... I was just a little toddler running yeah. around, you know? I remember when it happened. I remember my mom crying over it. And, you know, it was as shocking as, you know, JFK type thing. And I did see an interview... And it, and this is what kind of what I'm going to say next is what kind of you know made me contemplate maybe we should not do this topic and and Chapman talk about him but um, it was six years after he was arrested before he did any interviews or anything like that and the first one was People magazine and it came out and it was a really long interview and they they. Um, it really kind of disturbed a lot of people in the uh, music industry and a lot of people who were friends with John Lennon and, and Yoko and, and stuff like that, all the Beatles and everything, because it kind of like made Chapman a celebrity. Like I was saying, I don't want to do that with this podcast, so don't get that. I just want to kind of go over some of the the history and you know that kind of thing but um there was an interview by Ozzy Osbourne who basically came out and denounced the magazine for doing the interview and you know back then that would have been 81 so Ozzy Osbourne was pretty you know he still was kind of popular but um yeah and then there's been movies made about it and books well the book was written and then somebody made a movie about it and stuff like that but i don't know really kind of disturbing especially if this guy gets out ever yeah some of the people on his list are still alive (sighs) yeah i don't know what do you think i don't know i mean he obviously has issues. Um, we, as a, a as a world population, lost someone who was also very influential to a lot of things. Um, like you said, the arts, you know, and uh, politically and things like that. And you always have to look back at things and say, well, what would have been different if this wouldn't have happened? And, yeah. you know... And like this guy, he said, if I didn't do it that day, I would have done it a different day. If he wouldn't have done it then, he would have done it right there at the Bowie concert that night. Yeah. You know, I mean. I don't know. All right, so we want to go over some of the, I want to go over some of the conspiracy theories behind it. Sure, absolutely. Well, there are some who say that. The CIA was behind it. Okay? Mm-hmm. That Chapman was just a pawn 
and he was arrested at some point, which I never saw any type of prior arrests or anything, but, you know, they brainwashed him to get rid of John Lennon. Okay. okay. Always. So there's that yeah, theory out there's there. There's always those ones. Mm-hmm. There's also a theory out there that forensics or something like that, that Chapman didn't do it. But he said he did. He said he did. Yoko Ono was there and saw him do it. <laughs> you know? The doorman was there and saw him do it. Yeah. You know? So you always have conspiracy theories. Well, but absolutely. But some, sometimes, you know, that one's in particular. The one about the CIA. Know. And FBI and all that stuff. Uh, I could I could see leaning towards that as I mean, a conspiracy. As theory. a conspiracy, not necessarily theory. that you believe that the, no. the CIA and the FBI. No, I just think taken out. Personally, I just think Chapman's just a whack job, anyways. Yeah. But but if you had to look at one here, of you the are theories. you have an average Joe. Nobody knows who this guy is. You know. Okay, let's play some mind games with them and brainwash them and take them out because. Yeah. The government did not like John Lennon, period. Like I said earlier, there was a president, you know, who is recorded on tape saying, or hearing or something, somebody telling him that this man has the ability to weigh a presidency. You know, they tried to have him deported and get him out of the country because he was very influential. So this was after all that stuff was over and everything was, you know, chilling out. And they're like, okay, leave him alone, whatever, you know. But maybe they said, hey, leave him alone. We'll let the CIA take care of it. (laughs) But I think there would be other ways than, I don't know. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I don't see the whole, oh, he didn't do it, um... They made it look like he. These people saw him do it. He sat around on the curb and waited for the police to come and take him away. You yeah. know, it's. I don't, I don't know. I don't buy that one at all. But you could see how. You but know, I can see how some people one. might think and agree with that conspiracy theory with the other. What they said but, with the other one, they said there was a CIA project. Macalta. MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Yeah. Um, That. That's what they did. That project. (laughs) Get rid of Lennon. I don't know. But, anyways, I don't know. Hey, folks. um, What do you think? I'd tell them how to get a hold of us. You can go to our blog site, which is. UntoldHistoryRevealed.blogspot.com And if you scroll down on the right hand side There's a form that you can fill out And it'll shoot us an email message Tell us what you think I'd like to hear from you um, I don't know I think we're uh, Going to wrap this one up Alright Well thanks for listening everybody And uh, hope you join us again next week That's right So have a good evening Listening to Untold History 